talk for a few minutes about partnership. Partnership. Jesus is looking for a church that will partner with him. As we move into African American History Month, as we seek to explore what God has in store for our church, it is important that we consider the significance of our church, of the black church, working in partnership with Jesus. It's very important that the African American church reestablish itself as a vibrant and vital part of the change that is necessary for our people to thrive. As a result of pointed attacks from the outside and apathy on the inside, we have lost a measure of our influence and efficacy over the last 30 years. Church attendance has slipped to historic lows. And let me tell you something, it's hard to meet the expectations of partnership if you ain't here. I'm pausing because I want you to hear that. I love the black church because the church has the only answer to our problems. And that answer is Jesus. It doesn't matter where else we turn to solve our problems. We won't find a solution until we surrender ourselves to Jesus. Life science doesn't have the answer. Behavioral science doesn't have the answer. Economics doesn't have the answer. Worldly power and influence are not the answers that we need. The right answer is only found in Jesus. For problems in our homes, 60% of all marriages today end in divorce. Jesus is the answer. For problems on our jobs, job stress is a leading contributor to heart disease and type 2 diabetes. Jesus is the answer. For problems with our health, obesity, and the complications of a historically inferior diet plagues African Americans like nobody else. Jesus is the answer. For problems with our finances, African Americans own on average just six cents for every dollar owned by Caucasians. Jesus is the answer. And Jesus has given to his church the authority to speak to our problems in his name. He has authorized his church to be the healing station for our maladies. So then, if we are to recover the vitality and vigor that we must have to deal with the issues that confront us, then we must work to develop a solid partnership 
with Jesus. And necessary toward the development of that partnership is that we adjust our priorities to line up with his. In short, his ways must become our ways. His desires must become our desires. His priorities must be our priorities if his righteousness is to be reflected in our world. This is the essence of real partnership. In this text, Jesus had been teaching to a swollen crowd of people for the better part of the day. And as it became time to eat, one of Jesus' greatest miracles was performed. And it involved a partnership between a boy and Jesus. This partnership had a positive impact on a great number of people. John lists 5,000, but Bible scholars suggest that there were perhaps as many as 15,000 that were affected by this partnership. And it reminds us that if we're willing to be partners with Jesus, then there is no limit to what can be accomplished. Partnered with Jesus, we can change our community. Partnered with Jesus, we can change our nation and our world. Let us look closely at the elements involved in this miracle. We invite you to consider briefly five things here. First of all, I want you to see that Jesus sought to involve people in his work. He sought to involve his disciples in his work. Verse 5 says that Jesus asked Philip about the situation. Now, the scripture is quick to tell us that Jesus already knew what he was going to do. But he wanted to give Philip a chance to have a say in what was going to happen. And so Jesus asked Philip, what can we do? But Philip, like a lot of us, turned to Jesus and said, we can't do anything. We don't have the resources. We don't have the money. We don't have an opportunity. Philip was looking at conditions, but he was overlooking Jesus. Shiloh, good partners don't just look at conditions, but good partners also look at Jesus. Many are defeated today and and have given up on life because they looked at conditions, but they overlooked Jesus. I stopped by to tell you, when you take your eyes off of conditions and fix them on Jesus, you'll be able to see that he's able to open doors that others have closed against us. Then, beyond involving people in this miracle, Jesus inserted money into this situation. If you look at the text, he says, where can we buy bread? He didn't say, where can we beg bread? He didn't say, where can we borrow bread? 
He didn't say, where can we write a grant for somebody to gift us with bread? He said, where can we buy bread? And let me tell you, buy means money. And I'm glad that Jesus emphasized the importance of money, the importance of paying our own way and standing on our own two feet. Shiloh, we need to pay our own way. Problem today for a lot of us is that we're coasting on what others have paid for us to have. In the history of this church, there, there were people who sold suppers and baked cakes and made homemade ice cream so that Shiloh could survive. There, there were raffles and there were debutante teas and there were car washes so that Shiloh could survive. And we can thank God that he has delivered us from all of that. Now, all we ask is that we give back to the Lord out of the abundance that he has blessed us to enjoy. But I came to tell you, in 2019, there are still too many of us who are looking to others to tote our water. It's time that all of us join in the effort to pay our own way. It's time that we get serious about tithing so that the work of this church will not have to suffer. 3% of folk in this country who go to church tithe. That's ridiculous. That's shameful. The God who woke you up this morning and you can't give him a dime out of the dollar that he's blessed you to have. The God who started you on your way and you can't give him a dime out of every dollar. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. If you can't give back to God out of the blessing that he has allowed you to have, don't you know that the more God gives to you, the more you need to give to support the ministry of this church that you profess to love? I'll say amen myself on that part. Yes, Jesus involved people. And he involved money in this situation. Then a third thing that he involved was method. Verse 10 says that, that Jesus told the disciples to make the people sit down. And while that might seem insignificant to some, there was method behind Jesus' actions. Everybody was hungry. And everybody had an idea about what should be done. But they were all in the same situation. And if anything was going to be done, then they all had to listen to the master. Nothing was going to be done until Jesus said what we were going to do. Brothers and sisters, Jesus has a method for us. And he expects us to fall in line with his method. We have entitled this message partnership. But one thing I need to remind you, Jesus is the senior partner. And the senior partner has more to say about this than anybody else does. I, I know you think you know how to get it done, but the senior partner, 
has established the method. I know you've got your method for dealing with your enemies, but the senior partner said, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you and do good to them that hate you and pray for them that use you and persecute you. The senior partner has told you how to deal with your trouble. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. The senior partner has said, wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart. Yes, we're partners with Jesus, but Jesus is the senior partner. And if we're going to get out of the mess that we're in, we've got to listen to the senior partner. And then a fourth thing that I want you to see is obedience and sacrifice. In verse 9, Andrew says, there is a boy here with five small loaves of barley bread and, and two fish. It's commonly taught that this food represented this boy's lunch. But research reveals that it's more likely that this food was a part of his livelihood. It's likely that this boy was in the crowd selling the food to the hearers, trying to make a living for his family. In Jewish culture, if the father was dead, often the oldest son would become a hawker to support the family. So when this boy gave up his food to Jesus, he was giving up more than his lunch. He was giving up a part of his living. This boy gave Jesus all that he had. He was willing to be obedient, and he was willing to make a sacrifice. Shiloh, I don't know about you, but I know that if we are going to be good partners with the Lord, we've got to be obedient and we've got to be willing to make a sacrifice. I've learned that if you're obedient to the Lord, the Lord will take care of you. If you are willing to make a sacrifice to the Lord, the Lord will provide for all of your need. He'll keep a roof over your head. He'll keep clothes on your back. He'll keep money in your pocket. He'll lead you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. But in order for you to enjoy that, there must be obedience and there must be sacrifice. Well, finally, there's one more essential thing that's involved here. It's the most important thing. After you look at people, and after you look at money, and after you look at sacrifice and obedience, and after you look at method, don't leave out the touch of Jesus. You can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have Jesus, you won't get anything done. You can, you can have all the methods and plans that you want, but if you don't have Jesus, you won't accomplish anything. When they turned over what they had, when they put two fish and five barley loaves in Jesus' hands, the scripture says it began to multiply. 
said, Jesus blessed it. And then he broke it. And then he passed it out. And as he passed it out, it just kept on multiplying. Tens were fed. And it kept on multiplying. Hundreds were fed. And it kept on multiplying. 1,000 were fed. And it kept on multiplying. 5,000 were fed. And it kept on multiplying. 10,000 were fed. And it kept on multiplying. 15,000 were fed. And it kept on multiplying. Scripture says that when everybody had eaten, to their fill, not just one little piece, but until they were full, Jesus said, bring the scraps back in so that we don't lose anything. And, and when they collected the scraps, 12 baskets of food were left over because it's been touched by the hand of Jesus. Oh, Shiloh, I hope you hear the message today. It's good that we want to be partners with Jesus. But don't ever think you can get anything done without the master's touch. You can't do it on your own. I'm glad you got your degree. And I'm glad that you've got your job downtown. And I'm glad that you're a part of the group that you're a part of. Can I tell you, that don't mean nothing until you've got the touch of Jesus. But if you've got his touch, his touch makes all the difference. His touch opens doors that are closed against you. His touch makes a way out of no way. His touch will bring joy out of sorrow. His touch will bring hope out of despair. His touch will bring peace out of confusion. His touch will make everything all right. If you want to get it, it's available to you. All you got to do is ask for it. Father, I stretch my hand to thee. No other help I know. And if you stretch toward him, he'll reach out toward you. He's able. He's able. He's able. He's able. He's able. Yeah. 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 He's able. If you let him touch you, you let him touch your family, and y'all will stop all that fussing and fighting. You let him touch your finances, and you'll find that even when the bank says no, God will say yes. You let him touch your body, and the doctor's going to tell you, I don't know what happened. I, I saw something last week, but I don't see it anymore. If you let him touch, he's able. Yeah, yeah, he's able. Choir's going to sing a hymn. Deacons are coming across. Ministers are coming down.
if you want a real partnership, it comes with a surrender to Jesus Christ. Behold, 